to the Rugby Pass podcast. Scotty and Mills with you here. It's the short ball and it's Super Rugby Finals week. Millsy Crusaders up against the Lions at Alice Park and everyone talking about Alice Park and 60,000 screaming fans and woe is Crusaders. They're going to be scared off the field buying it. Uh, no. If it was any other team, I, I possibly could say that, uh, that you know, the element of having the crowd getting behind the Lions would be a big factor, but this is the Crusaders we're talking about, and a different sort of Crusaders team. It certainly is. We're going to cover the Crusaders-Lions final on the podcast today, but uh, first of all, some news, news, news. Uh, Aaron Major, your old teammate, Mills, uh, signed up, signed, sealed, delivered. The Highlanders have a new head coach at 37 years old, Aaron Major, the new age coach, just keeps on coming. Razor Robertson, Johan Ackerman, now Aaron Major at the Highlanders. Are you happy about that, Aaron Major? Oh, I think it's it's fantastic. I think, uh, as you say, uh, you know, the young coaches are now starting to come through. As has always been like that. Major's like he's always been analytical. Uh, he's a tactician. Um, so you know, and he had a good stint over in, in, in Leicester. You know, I think it was cut short a little bit, but it's nice. cut short. He was stabbed in the back. Yeah, I mean that's the unfortunate things. You know, when you do go over there, you know, you can't control some of those things. Um, you know, here in New Zealand, we'd like to say we do it a little bit more in a more subtle way, but it's nice to see him out there. And I think you know, from reading some of the. Um, you know, the papers, you know, they've said it was a fairly easy decision to make. So, no, I'm looking forward to, the, to what he's going to bring. And I'm not too sure what his sort of um, coaching staff's going to look up, or the makeup of it, whether, um, you know, Hammett, Mark Hammett's still down there. Obviously, John Preston's involved. Um, you know, Sumo, no, Sumo, I keep, I keep mixing Sumo up with Stormy, right? That's right, Stormy. Yeah, so, I mean, he's, he's off to the All Black. So, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I, I, I definitely think. Uh, Major do very well. It's the makeup of his um, coaching staff that's going to be interesting. Interesting team to come into first up as a Super Rugby coach. Uh, here's Aaron Major, who played all of those years for a very structured team. Leicester was a very structured team as well. Uh, from what I recall of, of Aaron's time there, both as a player and then as a coach, yeah, sure, a bit of flair here and there. But the Highlanders are cray cray. And you've got to get to grips with playing under the roof, playing a certain brand of footy. Is this the kind of team that you think is good for a young coach to be involved in, or is it a risk for a young coach to be involved in a Highlanders team that can blow hot and cold? Certainly been great over the last few years, but they are a very different dynamic to a lot of the other traditional sides in Super Rugby. And a different dynamic to what, uh, you know, Aaron Major's used to, you know, very successful with the Crusaders, you know, uh, a sound all-black career. And so when you when you come into the Highlanders, they've been known for the, as being battlers, right, throughout the last couple of years, but battlers that have shone. You know, you know, every the last two or three years they've been in the finals, they've won a Super Rugby Championship. So, you know, they've created a really, you know, tight uh, culture down there and tight when, you know, they've, you know, they're prepared to sort of go to war for each other and defensively this year they've been outstanding. So you'd hate to think that um, there'd be, you know, that Major come in and sort of change too many things. I think, you know, um, and I think he's smart enough to know that. Um, and But I think, you know, to answer your question, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good way for, um, for him to, to get himself back into Super Rugby uh, coaching sort of environment and, and, and go from there because you certainly have a team that will, 
will, um, you know, appear to actually play for each other, which is, you know, a positive. I agree with that. Uh, Well, that's the big news in Super Rugby for next season. Uh, But also, this season continues with Jaco Piper appointed to referee the game against the Crusaders and the Lions. No sooner had that appointment been made than the headlines in New Zealand were screaming foul. Uh, The Lions don't deserve to have the home final for starters. They had an easy draw. How can you appoint a referee from South Africa when there's a South African team involved? clearly forgetting that Glenn Jackson refed the final last year with the Hurricanes at home against the Lions. Do you have an issue fundamentally, firstly, with a referee who's not from a neutral country, secondly, with New Zealand's growing animosity towards anything they perceive as not favouring themselves? Yeah, I think I'll start with your, your, your second point first. I do have a problem with, with um, that. I mean... <laughs> If Yaka's the best referee, then he's the best referee. I, I, I poss- possibly don't um, believe in the way they, they went about it, but he's he's obviously seen as the best referee, and uh, regardless of what we think, you know, he'll go out and ref um, perfectly well and, and, and on a neutral basis. So I don't have an issue with that. Um, you know, the, the with with I suppose um, you know being over in South Africa and things like that, then. Um, of course you're gonna. Of course you're gonna have that. Does do the referees, or whoever's in charge of the referees, they could have actually stopped that. You know, there, right there and then, without having to have that issue point out there. So you have got an Angus Gardner there who, who's you know very well. You know, so why don't you go revert back to the way they do? Well, you know, the Rugby World Cup. Well, that's exactly. We were talking about this last week on the podcast, thinking about if Glenn Jackson and Yaka Piper had the semi-finals and this were a Rugby World Cup, then Angus Gardner would leapfrog both and do the final, as we've seen in the last two cups, possibly even the last three. The final referee does not ref the semi-final, therefore. Uh, it takes away the risk of having refereed the same team two weeks in a row. Uh, one way or another, a referee who was selected for this game has refereed one of those teams already in the semi-finals. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I don't have a problem with that per se, but I still think, like you, Milsey, Angus Gardner has probably been the referee this year with the best game feel of all. He brings humour, he's composed, he's calm, he doesn't over-control the breakdown or the game, he's not uh, pernickety with his adjudication of the laws, and and I wonder if that cost him. I call it the Vinnie Munro syndrome. It seems any time a referee has a good rapport with players, he's soon sidelined by those in charge of selecting him. Yeah, and, and he has, and you're, you're absolutely right. And he's not, he's, he's, he's not sort of content to say, well, my decision is the, the, the final. He'll think about it and and then possibly change his mind. I think a classic example was when uh, TJ Pitanara sort of questioned him, you know, when he knocked that ball on. Right. And, you know, he was he was open to say, oh, actually, you're right. We'll go back, you know, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have a scrum or whatever it was. And, I, and you, you'd hope, look, from a former player's point of view and, and I suppose a spectator, you'd hope that that wasn't the reason why they, they didn't pick him for the final. But as you say, you know, he relates well to the players. He knows he doesn't, you know, over-officiate um, the breakdown. And he actually, he's got a, a rapport about himself. He can actually talk to players and actually, you know, um, and, and has a lot of respect, you know. And so um, I'm hoping that's that's not the case. But to, to go back to your first point, what I mean... You stamp that out. You, you let him, you know, um, you know, referee the, the final. Yes, it's going to end up neutral in a way, but then you, you and I'm not saying this that the you know Yako and, and Glenn 
um, didn't ref well that week. But you take the pressure off them when it comes to a semi-final. And that's what you, right. we spoke about last week, yeah. right? You take the pressure off them because it's, it's human instinct. You know, you're going to go out there and think, okay, I've got to ref this right to the law, otherwise I might not get the final, okay? And already you're putting the, the referees un, under pressure. So why not take that pressure off them? You know, you've got a guy that's on the, that's on the sideline running the touchies and then knowing fully well he's going to ref the following week and you don't have to try and impress anyone, you know? I, I agree with that point. I, I think sometimes we put our referees into a precarious position by expecting perfection all the time. Now, it's an imperfect game. Mm. It's a tough game to rule. But if you're saying it's a shootout between the referees and the semi-final, is that the right message to be sending to them? Or should they just be thinking about that 80 minutes and that alone? I, I sometimes do wonder about all the reporting that now goes into referees, all the feedback that comes back to referees. I've seen it firsthand some years ago, referees walking in at half-time and literally ticking boxes on a report sheet. Half-time in a first-class match. I'm thinking to myself, we, we've gone over the top here, but it is what it is. I mean, uh, look, I agree with you too. I, I think New Zealanders need to come to terms with the Lions. Uh, we've spoken about over the last few weeks that they're not getting the respect they deserve from the New Zealand public. And and I just think after all the hullabaloo around the Lions here, and I know that, that our press coverage and our television radio coverage doesn't speak for the populace, but if that is the underlying attitude towards anything we perceive as not being favourable to us, what are you going to do? You're going to take your toys out of uh, that sand pit and just go play on your own? I mean, all of a sudden we're going to be just sitting there saying, well, don't bring the, the South African team here because we don't want to play you. We'll just uh, we'll set up a game around the schoolyard just with our mates and we'll all be Kiwis and that'll be it because we're so good at the game. I mean, just we've got to calm down about this. We've got to get over the conference system, the Super Rugby draw, and realise that Team 1 is playing Team 2 this weekend and any other competition... That is a dream final. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And that was probably the other thing I forgot to mention. The Lions, they definitely deserve number one. Right. They definitely deserve to be there, and they deserve to have that, that home final. You know, and, and it's probably, you know, we don't, get, we, don't, yes, we don't get up at early hours in the morning to watch the games, but have people actually gone up and, and watched it, you know? Melzi, the Lions couldn't give a shit how many Kiwis get up and watch it. They're going to have 60,000 people at their park on home advantage that they've earned. Yeah, absolutely. And the way they've been playing, that's, that's why they deserve to be there. I, mean, I think they only lost, what, two games this year? And so the, Crus- the Crusaders uh, have lost none. One. One, 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 one each. And so, I mean... These are the best two teams there, and the best team is the Lions. They deserve the home the home final. The style that they've been playing. I've never seen a South African team play like this um, in the way that they're actually playing. You know, yes, they they can revert back to you know playing you know the, the tight game where they just drive the crap out of you. You know, set piece, they'll scrum the hell out of you as well. And then they're prepared to actually run it, and so they're mixing it up, similar to the way the Crusaders have actually starting to play the team. So, are we going to you know are we going to have the best? Two teams out there, absolutely, with the style of play they've been playing this, this whole year. Yeah, on the Rugby Pass podcast, this is the short ball with Scotty Stevenson and Mills Muliaina. Uh, quick fire question around this, Mills. Uh, who would you back in a bar fight, Johan Ackerman or Scott Robertson? Oh, shuck, there's a. Hey. Go. Raise up. 
I agree with you. I think Razor's eyes alone would scare Johan Ackerman off, although Johan Ackerman's eyes are pretty crazy. I mean, that... Hey, do you know what he looks like? He looks like Dolph Lundgren. If Dolph Lundgren uh, went away and stayed in a Swedish lodge for six years. That's what he, that's what he looks like. But, I mean, Razor, uh, he's got... He is, he's got scouty rabbits and eyes. Uh, here's the thing. Quick fire question round. If you had to trust one of the first fives on show in this game with your life, would it be Alton Yankees or Richie Moanga? Oh, it'd have to be Moanga. Why? Oh, I think it's, the, it's me being biased, really. But yeah, it's the only. I mean, it's a quick fire, mate. Eh? I had to think on the spot. So, <laughs> hey, Moanga, M, that, that, that goes well with me. Quick fire question number three: If you had a daughter. Who would you prefer her to date if she was heterosexually uh, inclined? Sam Whitelock or Franco Mostert? Oh, Sam Whitelock. He is a charmer. He is (laughs) an absolute charmer, mate. Have you heard him sing? I've never heard him sing. Has he got a great singing voice? No, he hasn't, but he's a trier, (laughs) mate. He's an absolute trier. And so I've witnessed this a few times, so definitely Sam. Quickfire question number four of... Every Crusader front rower, who would you least like to be involved in a training ground incident with? Oh, shucks. Uh, I I think I'd have to be Moody because I don't know him very well. With Owen Franks, you could possibly be in, involved in something every sort of day because he doesn't say much. He just goes about his business and he doesn't really care. Whereas, yeah, Taylor's a, he's a good guy. I've met him a few times. He's 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 willing to sort of you know um, talk about talk about. Right, stop this. justifying this. So I'm just asking for a name. Is it Joe Moody? It's Joe Moody. I can't believe you didn't say Owen Franks. Owen Franks has cleaned up more of his own teammates in his Super Rugby history than any opposition player. No, but if you're nice to him, he's sort of you know. And I think I have been pretty nice to him a few over the years, and so he hasn't really touched me. Quick fire question number five: Super Rugby final related. The last one. For you today, Mills Moliena. Which team wants this more and why? I'm going to say the Lions. The Lions want it more. Because their coach is leaving? Because they've never won? Because they have home advantage? Why? I think because they've got home advantage. And I think there's two answers to this, if that's okay. And their coach is leaving. I think he's brought a, a different dynamic to their... Whole the way the whole, you know, everything they do and the yeah. way they play. So those for those particular reasons, I think the Lions have are desperate to win this. I'm going to get uh, anecdotal with you now, because uh, as we all know, Milsey. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, you've played a final in South Africa. <laughs> and, I, and, I know you, and I know you hate me bringing it up. But I've got to bring it up. Uh, gee, that was a tough day at the office. And, and the thing about that game... And, and this is my, my only 
question about the Crusaders going to Ellis Park. I don't think they're frightened about going to Ellis Park at all. I think they're more than capable of winning. Mm-hmm. You guys, the Chiefs 2009, were well and truly in that game yeah. when all of a sudden one thing happened. Ella de Melmonch cracked his head on the ground and he was tearing them to shreds. Yeah. And then the entire dynamic of that game changed and suddenly you guys are staring down the barrel of a massive deficit. It can change that quickly. Can the Lions do something like that to the Crusaders? Uh, I don't think so. I honestly don't. I think, and this this might take me a while to answer this, but it's the whole dynamics of going, I mean, the, going over there, getting there on a Monday, having Monday, Tuesday off, then the day off on Wednesday, and all of a sudden your big day becomes a Thursday. And realistically, it should have been a Monday or, or a Tuesday. And so... Then having the captains run on, on Friday, you know, rolling into that, and then you kind of feel like you're underprepared. You're not really underprepared, but mentally you do actually feel that. You know, then you go into the game and, you know, the the, the cops, you know, don't don't run through the red lights. They <laughs> try and delay you as much as they can. You get down to the, the, the street where you're about to go in, and all of a sudden the fans decide they want to stop you. Yeah. But I just think this Crusaders side is they've got – know, too much experience and too much now to be able to, you know, make the same mistakes that we did in 2009. And when I look at the Hurricanes game, it was possibly similar to what happened to us. You know, we went out there with a hiss and a roar. We got up on, on the scoreboard. And then, you know, we thought we were feeling good, you know. And so we continued to try and play that expansive game and try and keep the momentum going. And then all of a sudden, one little thing happens. And then a couple of mistakes. And, all of, and then, you know, the balls got on top of us. They scored a few points. Now... I think the Crusaders are smart enough to know that you know if they do end up getting in a situation where they're up on the board or they've, they've, they've brought a lot of intensity to the game, I think they'll bring it right back. And that's when you've got to get it right. You've got to bring it right back and say, well, let's play conservative and try and keep winning that moment. Let's not try and exert ourselves and, and, and put ourselves under pressure. Bring ourselves back and then you know play in the moment of the game. Whereas we didn't have that. And I think I, I kind of think... The Hurricanes, you know, um, had a similar approach, and they sort of, um, you know, they tie it out. And so, this Crusaders team—they're a lot smarter than that. And I just think, you know, they'll adapt to that. Adapt to that. They won't even mind if they're sort of, you know, close at halftime, but they'll save a lot of energy for that last sort of 20 minutes. Here's the thing about all of this talk about home advantage, and it's a true thing in Super Rugby. Only five times in 21 years has the away team won a final in Super Rugby, and only once has that away team had to leave their own country to do it. That was the Crusaders against the Brumbies back in 2000. I mean, that, that says a lot about the game. Here's another interesting stat for you, courtesy of Paul Nazer today, uh, statistician at 3N Rugby. No team in the history of the competition has ever won a final if they have had to cross the Indian Ocean at any stage in the playoffs. I was writing today for Rugby Pass, I was writing McCollum today on this game, and I thought... The Indian Ocean's the real culprit here. <laughs> is there a line like the International Date line where it's the I'm suddenly shit at rugby line where you don't <laughs> turn the clock back, you turn your own form back? <laughs> no, there isn't. And uh, Geographically, I'm no good, so perhaps if that was the case, maybe they should go the other way. If there's another ocean they need to go, you know, maybe go the long way and perhaps they wouldn't have that step to work. You can't go the long way. You st- <laughs> well, it's costing sands enough anyway on, bloody, uh, on, on flights. Are you, are you saying go the Atlantic route? You could possibly... Like, like I said, geographically, I wouldn't have a clue, but they could have got. Maybe they did go that way. Maybe they seen the stat, um, Sumo, and they may have gone, the, you know, down the Atlantic route. Yes. 
I love that. I just, I love that. I love that stat. I mean, uh, I just don't know what happens. It's a flight. I understand jet lag. I've travelled enough to know that. But it's a flight. You take it four or five times a season in Super Rugby. Yeah, I, I don't think it's it's more the recovery time afterwards. I mean, even now, you know, we're we're sitting here while they're sleeping. Well, they're just about to get up, you know, and so it's just getting used to that, and it's it's mentally, you know, feeling like you're underprepared. Like I, you know, mentioned before, you get to Thursday, you're only really having a your set first kind of session on the field, and then you get to a Friday captains run, and it's kind of like, well, you know, are we actually prepared? So you take that on on board mentally. I just think this Crusaders side is a lot smarter um, on that those sort of issues, and that's probably because of you know Razor, Razor Robinson. You're on the Rugby Pass podcast. It's the 3rd of August today. It's Super Rugby Final Week, Grand Final Week. The Lions hosting the Crusaders at Alice Park. Course coverage of that live on rugbypass.com for all the viewers throughout Asia. And plenty more rugby coming up on rugbypass.com as well. Uh, we're talking Super Rugby Final. We're talking the Lions and the Crusaders. We've spoken about some of the coverage that the referee selection has got, Melzi, that home advantage gives the Lions. A lot of people thinking they don't deserve to be there. I think we've clearly established today on the Rugby Pass podcast short ball that the Lions deserve everything they get. Now here's my question to you they have shown to be very adroit at playing an open expansive width based running game this season. How much risk is there that they close shop against the Crusaders who are very good defensively and very patient Defensively, oh, and that's you know the dilemma they're going to have to face because they are. I mean, you look at the way the Crusaders were, you know, defensively how uh, fantastic they were last week and patient, prepared to. But what what I was impressed about was the way they won the contact. You know, they even though you know the the Chiefs had what seventy odd percent position, they were prepared just to hit them. You know, um, stay in their stay in their systems, and then all of a sudden, one turnover, bang, they were gone. And so, you know. Will the Lions fall into that trap? In finals football, you do have a tendency to, to, to do that, you know, go out there and, and think of it as a, as a different game. They've got to get the balance right, you know. You know, They haven't got to the final by not by playing in a conservative way. You know, they've, they've balanced it, um, the way they've played with their forwards, um, you know, being confrontational, being able to drive around the park, um, you know, and, and after line-out. So they do need to get that mix right. But they, they are up against the team, that know how to handle things like that. They've, you know, they've, they've faced a few driving malls, and you know, for for a lot of these other guys, you know, they've been in final situations. You know, the Crusaders, and and certainly, you know, with with also their coaching staff. You know, so I I, I think you know for the Lions to go in and and go in conservatively, I think that'd be a, a very bad thing uh, for them to be able to do. So um, let's hope they don't, uh, and we're going to see an open game. But I, I've got one question, quick fire question for you, Sumo, yeah. since you've asked me five. Is the TMO going to play a big, big, make a big, big influence on this game? Yes. Who is he? Mm, Marius Jonker. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I don't. I'm not worried about. I only bring this up because I'm not worried about the refereeing and stuff. It's just when it comes down to the TMO decisions. One, it takes so long, and two. Uh, when a try has been scored, you know now I'm constantly waiting to see whether the TMO is going to actually make a decision to not award that try. Yeah, this, I'm glad you brought that up. Do you know, in every other game, in every other professional sport that has brought in television match officials or video review, 
what is the first thing they do? They're transparent with it. Mm. They allow the viewer at home to look at the footage so that they can get an idea of what the match official is looking at. Yes. Why does rugby consistently try to pull down the veil on the fan? Because the TMO, if you're unaware listening to the podcast today, has their own video system. They can go back and forward, look through the footage at their leisure, quite independently from what we are seeing at home. That, to me, has led to more confusion over the last four weeks than anything else in the TMO protocol. Why is it that rugby keeps doing this to its fans? The whole idea of having television match officials and video referrals is so that people at home can see it and see the replays and make up their own minds as well. From an entertainment perspective, I know their job's to get the decision right. But if you keep going back and hiding things, then all of a sudden, all we know is that he's called the referee and said, I saw something three minutes ago and, I, and I've checked it and you need to give this guy a yellow card. What the hell is going on with that? Well, absolutely. You know what, Suma, I'm glad, I'm glad you pointed that point out because even I didn't know this. I didn't realise there was a, uh, you know, the TMO had this other system where he was going back and forth, back and forth, but... Be transparent, mm. you know. When we're, you know, got people don't want to sit there and wonder. Actually, that happened two or three or four phases ago. Right. Why? Why are they actually showing something totally different? You know, and and that's and it's it adds confusion. Yeah, it absolutely adds confusion to um, to the spectators. And then you wonder why people actually want to, you know, start to say, "Well, I don't really watch rugby because I don't understand the rules." Well, how are you going to understand what's going on if you're actually hiding something else? And so, well, I mean, it's hard enough at the ground watching on a big replay screen to understand why decisions have been made. And it shouldn't be hard at home when you've got access to that technology. I agree that a TMO should have an independent system that he can look at footage at his leisure. But if he makes a call based on anything he has seen independently, surely there has to be a way where the production company running the broadcast can access that immediately and broadcast it for viewers at home to explain what's going on. I just think it causes a scramble for everyone as you are trying to come to terms with these decisions. And answer your question, Millsy, again, I say yes, the TMO will have a big say in this game. That is what it is, but I'll throw it back at you. Will it cost someone the game? Oh, I think it could. I absolutely think it could cost someone the game. So... Whether, whether it's a knock-on or, um, you know, a, and, or a yellow card. And that, that's probably my biggest issue, you know, having someone, a TMO, looking at a footage when plays are all, all going and he's actually searching for something. Mm. And then all of a sudden you're bringing it all the way back, you're holding the game, and it's 10 minutes. And that there could... You know, you seen it against the uh, the Hurricanes and the Lions. I think it cost the, it cost the Hurricanes 19 or 17-odd points. That is where it's going to cost teams. You've depressed me now. I was all excited about this final, and you've come in because you just don't want the Crusaders to win because you guys couldn't win in South Africa. So you're, you're all <laughs> no. anti pants about it, no, and no, you've actually, had to bring the stinking TMO into it. I'm, I'm actually very positive. I think if there's one team that can do it, the Crusaders are the team that can do it. Can you know? Do I want them to win? Of course I do. New Zealand team. You're crossing your fingers. I can see it. Put them on the table where I can see them. Hey, 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 they're straight here. Of course, I want them to win because I, I actually believe that, and I'm, I'm putting it out there now. I think they will win. I do actually think they will win um, this weekend because I, they, out of all the franchises in New Zealand, mentally and because of the coaching staff they've got, 
I think they're the team that can actually win this final away. The first team to, be, to ever do it, crossing the international, or Indi- Indi- the, Indi- the international. I'm now shit at rugby line. Agreed. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Look, the Crusaders are named after a bunch of raiding pillagers who love nothing more than to pick fights with people in faraway lands. So I'm, I'm with you on the Crusaders. I think they win. But uh, I think uh, we're in for a battle royale. I think this could be one of the great Super Rugby finals of all time. I'm going to leave it there, Milsey. Oh, mate, that, that's a perfect place to leave it. Go the Crusaders. It's been the Rugby Pass podcast. The Short Ball with Mills Molina and Scotty Stevenson. Don't forget to check out their final, rugbypass.com, your portal to all the best rugby action on the planet. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. shopify.com work.